Welcome to SBCA's Lumber Connection Podcast, where we discuss today's market and explore tomorrow's trends. Here's our host, Molly Butts. Hello, and welcome to Lumber Connection. It's the week of February 19th, 2024, and I'm in the studio with my regular experts, Justin Benning and Ken Timmons. Justin and Ken are from American International Forest Products, or AIFP. Welcome back to the podcast, gentlemen. Hey there, Molly. Thanks, Molly. How you doing today? Pretty good. Gor- yeah. Gorgeous Portland day. Sky looks like concrete. Market's <laughs> been treating us pretty well. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us a little bit more about that. Let's get started. What's been happening in the lumber market over the last couple of weeks? Um, I would say really a continuation of what we what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I know the market had started to firm in yellow pine. Um, prices have started to push up off the bottom. A lot of the mill buildups um, that were that had a, had accrued have been um, have found good homes and been steady. I would say that the a good word for it is steady. And prices have been on just kind of this grindy upward trend, mm-hmm. not running away, but certainly appreciating in price. So, yeah. still some buildups at times with certain mills, and it's certainly not a perfect science, and it, not everything is moving necessarily in unison, but but it's been good trading. I think the buyer uh, mindset really hasn't changed in the way that they're approaching the market and purchasing their right. lumber, which is, as we've talked about for quite some time now, which is a JIT model, just in time. And the price is somewhat secondary. It's not the biggest concern. And really getting lumber when they need it and controlling that, that inventory is uh, priority number one. And so really haven't seen much change and nothing fundamentally has changed to, to, uh, to spur um, any sort of change. So, um, but it feels like that spring buy is slowly happening. And uh, Go ahead. Out, out West, uh, all sorts of funds happening in different little micro pockets all over the place. I started auditing our podcasts on LinkedIn throughout the week. I yeah. post little comments like, hey, this was right. Maybe this was a little off. So on and so forth. So if anyone wants a little extra tidbits, shoot me a connection on LinkedIn and we'll keep talking. Uh, last week, I compared the market to a crock pot that you kind of forgot that you left on overnight and you wake yeah. up and it's surprisingly hot. Right, The market is the same thing. Days on the trading floor seem quiet. It doesn't feel like there's a, a big pulse ripping through the pipeline. But then when we look back at the end of the day, we're all surprised with how much wood we traded. The numbers of orders have been very high. Last few weeks, fur products have really led that. Last few days, the east eastern seaboard has woken up quite a bit. And I think that crock pot mentality has even amplified a little bit. We had a, another permanent or indefinite uh, mill closure in Paloma. Yeah. Um, log supply continues to be tighter and tighter out west, both in Vancouver, BC and Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Northern California-based sawmills. I think there's a lot of confusion from producers that certain segments of the market aren't participating. And I think a lot of that, you know, as I'm making a crock pot analogy, we use the word digestive a lot. Uh-huh. And the lumber market is highly digestive, like a 20 foot anaconda that just swallowed a goat, right? A lot of this wood that got sold over the last 40 days, 30 days, I'm sure everyone's had suppliers calling them, telling them, hey, the market's good. It's going up, this and that. And I think a lot of that wood has been purchased and is sitting in the secondary market, a wholesaler or a distributor, not necessarily up in walls and trusses, 
right. but in the field working its way through digestively. I think there's okay. a lot of that going on. The market is still trending upward across the board of fur products. There's a massive spread between dry dug fur and its odd cousin hem fur and its cool cousin white fur. Those products have a bigger spread than they've had at any time in the last 12 months. Green dug fur has been a little lackluster with how rainy it is in California over the last few weeks. Yeah. They really are getting pounded with it. The show will go on in California. They're going to dry out and wake up, but it's not currently happening. But everybody is mentally preparing for that. Mm-hmm. And I would say in terms of a product we don't talk a lot about, plywood, which is made in pine and fur. I know our fur plywood team is kind of at the ready with their guns loaded. Okay. If a phenomenon happens and they got to go get a bunch of extra fur plywood, they're standing at the ready. Okay. Right? And I think a lot of buyers that might be listening to this podcast or people in the trust world, very similar scenario. I think there's no reason to get super overextended currently. I've been telling everybody play ball through probably the third week of March. Totally safe. if you're not getting burnt there. If you want to keep going, that's okay. I don't think you need to buy memorial day wood yet but market trend is up in most products msr is very tight high grades tight one trend in web stock i'm seeing is log quality is going down a little bit at a lot of sawmills therefore yields are going down therefore there's more of the lesser quality wood and i've also noticed the trust industry trending in the opposite direction trust manufacturers want a higher quality web stock those two ideas are kind of going opposite ways so if, and obviously any trust component manufacturer can do whatever they want, but if Timmons Trust Company was opening shop, I would consider engineering down my webs, maybe expecting to use more webs of a lower quality because there's going to continue to be a big spread between like a stud grade, standard, better grade, or a number two web. Or if you're a number two premium kind of guy for your web, again, another big jump in there. Spreads okay. are widening. Okay, I want to go back and touch on two things that I had already actually written down before we started, but you mentioned them. You just ran right over the fact that we've had yet another complete and utter, this isn't a curtailment, there is a mill closure, but that wasn't emotional at all. Like You're just like, yeah, it happened, let's keep going. Is that how everyone's kind of feeling about it? Yes and no. Again, it's just another on the crock pot. It's like you turned it from two to three. It's just one more thing that makes it a little sneakier, stronger. Uh, when that happened, it was last Thursday when the news hit my desk. Uh, I think it was an unemotional follow through Friday and Monday morning, but also Monday was a holiday in Canada, kind of an interesting day in the market, quiet day. But again, big orders. When we look back at the end of the day, when we look at the ticker board on the trading floor, all the departments, all the food groups are kind of lighting up. So yes and no. Is it the first thing everyone says on a phone call or an email? No. Is it a factor that's leading people to grab inventory? Yes. Okay. Dry market, dry fur products, fur in general, duck fur and for white fur, commodity lumber that's going to slowly become specialized over the next 20 years. Okay. The forests are continuing to have less fur logs. Mills are consolidating. So okay. it's, okay. yeah. I do like on, on that note, Molly, it does yeah. if we go back a decade and a half ago. And that's as far as I can go back because that's as far as I've long as I've been doing this. But it seemed like when you would have a mill curtailment or a closure notice, like there would be this emotional yep. kind of knee jerk type of response. And it just seems like 
over the last few years and, and even pre-COVID, just that it just hasn't you haven't seen it or felt it. Right. Yeah. You guys have said that. I think that's why I asked the question, Justin. It's just how many more are going to close before we start to feel that emotion again, which is why I want to say, like, is are we still that the like, that's a little blip and people talk about it, but nobody's really reacting in a financial way in a business. I feel like it's Ken's so great at his analogies and I'm searching for one. I got one. I got one so hot and loaded. Well, let me give me a second. But like it almost... (laughs) Right now, it's the squeeze, right? Maybe it's a boa constrictor that's just starting to wrap around. And it's like, hey, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. <laughs> it's tighter totally. and tighter. Like, it almost feels like our supply right yeah. now. And why I say that, it's, you know, I've heard both out of the West. And obviously, we've seen what's happening out of the West with just less wood year over year coming yeah. out of Western Canada. I'm starting to hear things now. And and again, still in the West, but on the East too, with some major suppliers and log ducks decks are running thin and they're wondering like where they're going to be in April and like the way they're looking at it right now, like they're not going to have much to bring to market in 90, 120 days from now. And that's a real thing. The cost of fiber, where the price is at, like the show can only kind of keep going for so long with those things in place. And that's, and let's not forget about the major influence that European wood has had in North America, right? right? Into the ports. And we're down 30, close to 40% year over year in terms of what's coming into the, to the ports. That's not changing Right, the landed cost here where it needs to be is not in line for the European sawmills right now. And so it just feels like there's this slow squeeze that's happening. And I do think that we're going to feel those effects. We're not necessarily right now, but I think in the next, again, two to three months, we could be facing some challenges that we haven't faced. And I think the end buyer right now, again, we talk fear, need, and greed or, and market drivers. There's been no fear of really price and there's been no fear of being able to get material when they want it how they want it, the tally they want. And I think that may change in the near future. And Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to just get what you want and when you want it. And that realization is, I don't think is too far away that there's becoming more apparent. Yeah. yeah, It it won't be as easy as it was. No, the supply chain is still broken, right? We talked about it all day up and down when COVID was going on. Right. It still is broken. It's just we have an issue of there's a lot of pent up demand because interest rates are unfavorable, right? There's no shortage of need for houses. There's just a shortage of need for newly constructed houses in the next 25 days, right? right? Everyone's planning on doing it. It's just a matter of when does money allow you to finance it. Okay. The analogy I was going to use that I'm dying to use is it's like a shaken two liter, right? All these mill curtailments and whatnot, like are we feeling them? Yeah. But we just cracked the top of that. It's just letting a little bit of steam out at a time because there's so much that's just waiting on the sideline. Okay. If interest rates were at four percent right now, it would well, be we'd more. be doing it all over again. Yes. Okay. Well, and and you guys in this conversation too, this follow up said something sort of similar. One of the things I wanted to maybe talk a little bit about is log access. All the resources that I tend to dive into when I'm preparing for a podcast are talking about the fact that the warmer winter 
And all of the rain that we're getting is making access to the actual logs in the field more difficult. Are you guys like, that's what everyone's saying, but I want like real world. Is that what you guys are hearing too? But that's what you're saying to me is that like, they're just not getting the raw material in to even process at this point. In the U S South, you know, typically you'll, you'll face some, you know, some shorter periods of time with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And typically what's most affected is, is the wider logs. And I know we've talked about this before. That's definitely in play right now. I would say that there is, there's still, you can still find it. Is the price moving higher week over week? Yes. Is it the leader in the clubhouse in terms of gains week over week? Yes. Can we still get it? For the most part, yes. Now, some of the longer lengths, some of the upper grades can be tougher to find, but it seems better than it was last year in terms of uh, availability. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. And then, I mean, Ken, obviously, you're... Well, I would just add, out West, rules and regulations are getting tighter. Yeah. Oregon, Washington. If anybody's worried about how hard we're hugging the trees, I promise we're double hugging them. We're now, it's, we just implemented new rules and regs on how close you can be logging to a stream or a riverbank or a service road. It's just, we're limiting an already tight fiber basket more. Okay. And that's in addition to weather's not doing any favors. Yeah. Well, then that just means that the bulk constrictor is squeezing tighter and the bottle pop is getting shaken up even more, which I think I just proved to everyone I'm from the Midwest by saying that. Yeah. <laughs> in case there was any question based solely on my accent. Uh, great. All right. Well, that's good. I think that's a good foundation for us of a look back. Let's look forward for a couple of weeks and just say, before we meet again, what are your words of wisdom for folks out there trying to make it happen? Steady trajectory up for the next couple of weeks. I think demand is still good. There's a lot of jobs that are going to be starting over the next 30 to 60 days throughout the U.S. A lot of those were pushed back due to weather that we felt in January and parts of February, but uh, there's still a lot of wood that's got to get purchased. And I think that there's going to be enough and enough segmental buy throughout our industry to keep the the prices continuing to, to push upward. Again, do, am I looking at some large gain? No, not necessarily. I think it's going to be much like what you've seen and whoever you're talking to in, in terms of your lumber or wherever you get your sources and what you're seeing, I would expect that that trend to to stay the same. Match. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I don't know how bluntly I can say it on the podcast, but fur products are going up. It's that easy. Yep. Get in line. It's going up. All right. Well, that was pretty simple, wasn't it? <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up our episode for this week. Uh, Justin, Ken... Thank you so much for your continued expertise and enthusiasm. As always, I've enjoyed our time together. I'll be at brief and look forward to the next installment of Lumber Connection. Thanks, Molly. Thank you, Molly. This has been a Lumber Connection podcast by SBCA. If you have a question you'd like a guest to answer on a future podcast, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com. <laughs>